Blog Talk Radio.
by the authority of Jesus Christ, and as we be in believers, in saints, in servants of the Most High God. We just praise and honor you and thank you for this night, Lord. And we invite you in the name of Jesus and all of God's people said amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And that we would invite and say, let the Spirit fall. Let the Spirit move in us tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, Holy Spirit. You are welcome here, mighty Holy Spirit. Hallelujah to your name. Glory, glory to the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise his wonderful name. Focus on the Lord, brothers and sisters. He is worthy of all praise and glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise his name.
we are overcomers, even to the point we are called more than overcomers. Amen. So let's keep worshiping the Lord with overcome. Hallelujah.
is overcome. Praise his wonderful name. Praise his wonderful name. Now, brothers and sisters, we will finish this time of praise at this time with the song they introduced last night. A Hebrew word that is korash, means holy. Holy. Korash. Learn. Learn from the Lord of your Hebrew. Amen. Hallelujah. The worship and praise of the people of Israel. Hallelujah. And we are wrapped in. The Lord wants us to know more of the Hebraic language. And how they worship and praise Him. And that we too, yes, this is the poem. Horash, Horash, Horash. Amen. Oh,
Can you hear me, brothers and sisters? Okay. Well, praise the Lord. We had to um, go from uh, the uh, Amen. Praise the Lord. We had to go from uh, the uh, uh, blog talk to the phone. But uh, praise God that um, there God makes a way, even though we lose <laughs> internet connection. Whatever the enemy tries to throw at us, God makes a way because He knows it's the time that we to share a message and the truth. That he doesn't like it, the world doesn't like it, but God makes a way for his truth and his word to come. And as we was praising, was in that praise song, the Lord said, continue. And we were going to, in your presence, amen, in your presence. In your presence, that's where I am strong. In your presence.
his word. Go with me to the book of Colossians, and we will be doing a study on the book of Colossians. The Lord has put this upon my heart, and this is a time and a place, and this is the time and a place to talk about the book of Colossians, as the Apostle Paul is talking to the Colossians, the Colossi, but at the same time, the word of God is speaking to all of us who are the body of Christ, amen, and that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. And as this letter is written to the church in Colossae, and it is written to us, and to encourage us, and to admonish us, and teach us. Amen? Verse 1 of Colossians chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother. In the will of God by the free bountifulness of God is what the footnote says of that. By the free that is awesome. By the the free bountifulness of God. Wow. That's the will of God. Amen. To them that are at Colossae, saints and faithful brethren in Christ. Hallelujah. Faithful brethren. Amen. Grace be with you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We give thanks to God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, always praying for you. And the same goes for me and Sister Brenda, that we're always praying for you, brothers and sisters, of the Lord's hour. Our body, uh, the church, our, the church of, of the Lord's hour. Amen. Hallelujah. The body of Christ at the Lord's hour. Hallelujah. 
since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love toward all saints. Oh, yes, brothers and sisters, that we are to love one another. They will know that we are Christians by our love. For the hope's sake, which is laid up for you in heaven, wherefore ye have heard before by the word of truth, which is the gospel, hallelujah. Hope's sake, hallelujah. For the glory that is hoped for. Just like Sister Brenda was sharing last night, God's hope is eternal, amen. For the glory that is hoped for, amen, that's hope's sake. For the glory, hallelujah, for the glory that is hoped for, amen. Some powerful footnotes in this Geneva Bible, amen. Hallelujah, listen. That scripture again, for hope's sake, which is laid up for you in heaven, each one of you, that call Jesus as your Lord, that you love him, that he lives within your heart, that you've been washed in the blood of the Lamb, that you have received the salvation, the grace, the mercy of God. Wherefore you have heard before by the word of truth, which is the gospel, the good news of what Christ has done for you. Amen? That Jesus died on a cross, poured out his blood to wash away our sin, took all the judgment for our sin on that cross, and then the third day he rose again to conquer the grave, death, and hell. Boom, praise God. Verse 6. Which is, come unto, which is come unto you, even it is unto all the world, and is fruitful as it is also among you from the day that ye heard and truly know the grace of God. Also ye learn of Ephorus, our dear fellow servant, which is for you a faithful minister of Christ, who has also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. For this cause we also, since the day we heard of it, cease not to pray for you. Amen. Pray always. Have an attitude of prayer. Be prepared as the, as the Lord puts people on your heart even countries, or whatever God puts on your heart, be prepared to pray. And to desire that you might be fulfilled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Very important, amen? Very important, praise God. All right, brothers and sisters, uh, let's see here. It looks like I can connect back to the other one, so hold on a second. Uh, let me get this set back up. Looks like we're back. We're back in this is a, a blog talk. Let's see what it does here. Let's see. It still continues, so we'll just continue as we're going. It's not. Uh, it's not connecting at blog talk. So we'll just go with the phone right now. Praise God. Not be distracted. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's see where we're at. Verse 10. That ye may walk worthy of the Lord and please him in all things. There's that word again, all. That we are to please him in all things. 
being fruitful in all good works and increasing in the knowledge of God. Let me ask you, brothers and sisters, how do you increase in the knowledge of God? And thank you, Sis Nicole, Jesus my rock, for putting up the word of God in the chat room for me. Bless you, sister, for that. How do we increase in the knowledge of God? Amen. Is it is it is it important to study his word? Amen. Important to pray? To be at the feet of our master, our rabbi, Jesus, amen. But how you increase the knowledge of God? is by studying his word led by the spirit of the living God, that God brings the word of life. He brings revelation, and it's only through the spirit. Amen? Only through the spirit of God. Amen? Always invite the spirit of God when you study God's word. Always pray. Invite the Lord to teach you and show you the way by his spirit. Amen? Praise God. Let's move on. Hallelujah. Verse 11, strengthen with all might through his glorious power unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. <laughs> joyfulness. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And in long-suffering with joyfulness as we wait patiently and be about the Father's business as we wait for the Lord's return. Amen. That we are to be joyful. Don't grow weary. Don't faint. Don't get mad. Uh, don't get frustrated. Trust the Lord. He has everything in control. And he will come at his perfect way in time. It won't be as what we think. It will be what God does. Amen. Hallelujah. In the days we live, but we know we're closer, brothers and sisters. Each time as you see that sun come up and you see that sun go down, you know we're getting closer to the Lord's return, the day of Christ, the blessed hope. Amen? Hallelujah. Each day that passes, each hour that passes, look up for your redemption is nigh. The Lord said when these things begin to happen, and I can tell you, and you know for sure, watching the world, things are beginning to happen. Oh, yes, everywhere. All the things that Christ said would happen is happening. Oh, yes, for sure. I mean, you have to be pretty blind. You have to have your eyes shut, your ears uh, covered, not to see or hear or, or, or hear what's going on, for sure. Amen? Verse 12, giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us to be taught, listen to this, to be partakers of, of the inheritance of the saints in light. Oh, let's look at that word. Hallelujah. Light. The footnote for this. Let me check this out. Hallelujah. In that glorious and heavenly kingdom. You know, like I said, he took us out of darkness into his marvelous light. I do believe the apostle Peter said this. And here, it again, it, it, the light that he is talking about, the apostle Paul is talking about the inheritance of the saints in light, that the kingdom of heaven, that the kingdom of God in that glorious and heavenly kingdom is full of God's light. There's no need for the sun because they are so bright and shining, they light up heaven. Hallelujah. What glory our Lord has. Hallelujah. Oh, praise his name. 
as you see the next verse. And thank God for this one. Hallelujah. And anyone out there, you can be this next verse too. Listen to the word of God. Who has delivered us, and we are us, amen, who has delivered us from the power of darkness, praise God, and, trans, and have translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise Adonai, Elohim, Yahweh, mighty God, holy one. Hallelujah. Praise his name that we have been delivered from the power of darkness through his son, Jesus. Hallelujah. The Lamb of God. Hallelujah. Praise his name, brothers and sisters. Praise his name. That is a powerful verse there. Colossians 1.13, who have delivered us from the power of darkness and have translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Praise his name. Isn't that exciting? Can I get an amen or a hallelujah out of that? Oh, praise his name. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Powerful. Amen, Brother Javon. That's right. Glory to God. Amen. In agreement. Praise the Lord. All right. Praise God. Let's move on and hear what else God has for us tonight. Verse 14. In whom we have redemption, redemption through his blood, that is the forgiveness of sin. I have been redeemed. I have been redeemed. Hallelujah. You have been redeemed, brothers and sisters. You who trust in the Lord and believe in your heart that he has cleansed you of all unrighteousness. Amen. Praise his wonderful name. Verse 15. Who is the image of the invisible God, the first begotten of every creature. For by him were all things created, which are in heaven, and which are in earth, things visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers or things were created by him and for him. All things were created. All things were created for him. Amen? And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. Verse 18, and he is the head of the body of the church, not the Pope. You see that? And he is the head of the body of the church, not the Pope. Not what people think. No, it's Jesus Christ is the head of the body of the church of the living God. Hallelujah. It's not a man. It's Christ the King of glory, our Lord and Savior, amen? He is the beginning and the first begotten of the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence. Oh, praise his name. Worthy is the Lamb of God. Worthy is the King of glory, that he has all power and all glory and majesty, amen? Hallelujah. Oh, praise your name for your word, Lord. Verse 19, for it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. Hallelujah. Oh, praise his name. All fullness. 
most plentiful abundance of all things pertaining to God. Amen. Amen to that. Fullness, all fullness dwell. Praise his name. Verse 20. And through peace made by the blood of that his cross to reconcile to himself through him, through him I say, all things both which are in the earth and which are in heaven. And you which were in times past strangers and enemies because your minds were set in evil works, have he now also reconciled in that body of his flesh through death to make you holy and unblameable (laughs) and without fault in his sight. Oh, brothers and sisters, oh, the power of what Christ has done for us. It is just overwhelming. It is amazing. Do you hear what this word is saying, what Christ has done for each one of us? Oh, you should worship and glorify him daily. You should get excited, jump up and down, clap, or just bow reverently before him and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for saving me from death and hell and the burning flames of hell. Thank you for saving me from a, a, a life of, of sin and flesh and misery and distress without no hope. Oh, thank you, Lord. In that body of his flesh through death to make you holy and unblameable and without fault in his sight. Isn't that powerful? Isn't God's word so powerful? Hallelujah. One verse of scripture, and it is so powerful what God is saying to us. Hallelujah. That's why you're at peace, and you have hope in in his presence. That's why you can lay your head down on the pillow and be at peace, with all hell breaking loose in this world around us. Because the Lord God is watching over us. His mighty angels are watching over us. We are in the hedge of protection of the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. Hallelujah. The Spirit dwells within us. Hallelujah. Praise God. What a mighty God we serve. Amen. Let's go on. Praise his name. Hallelujah. Verse 23, if ye continue grounded and established in the faith and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, whereof ye have heard, which ye have, have been preached to every creature which is under heaven, wherefore I, Paul, am a minister, now rejoice I in my sufferings for you, and fulfill the rest of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. Wherefore, I am a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given given me unto you to fulfill the word of God. Brothers and sisters, that's why we're supposed to serve. That's why we're supposed to minister, to to be part 
I mean, what God wants, we're sons and daughters, we're servants of God, ambassadors for Christ here in this world to fulfill the word of God. Verse 26, which is the mystery hid since the world began and from all ages, but now is made manifest to his saints. Oh, praise his name. Hallelujah. The mysteries that were hid since the world began, but now it's manifest to us. God's revealing his great mysteries. I mean, Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call unto me and I will answer thee. And show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Amen. Praise his name. Let's see what this word saints footnote says. Whom he chose to sanctify unto himself in Christ. Moreover, he saith that the mystery of our redemption was hidden since the world began, except it were revealed unto a few who also were taught it extraordinarily. Hallelujah. Praise God, the apostles. Oh, praise the name of the Lord. Verse 27, to whom God would make known what is the riches of his glorious mystery among the Gentiles, praise God, which riches in Christ in you, the hope of glory. There's that word hope again. Hope of glory, amen. The only hope in this hopeless world is Jesus. Jesus is the only hope. Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the life. Hallelujah. Verse 28. Whom we preach, admonishing every man and teaching every man and woman in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Oh, that's what that why we bring forth the word of God and praise songs and worship and focusing on the Lord and praying that the Father draws people to Christ. And we want to see people saved. We want to see people delivered and healed. We want to see people saved from the fire of hell. We want to see them saved from addictions and sin in the flesh that, that will control you and, and just take you down that road to hell and destroy you on the way. Oh, that you can be set free you can be delivered. You you can be uh, uh, healed. You you can have a new way of going. You can go the straight and narrow instead of a broad road to hell. It's because that's why we want to share the truth, that we care about you and love you as Christ loves you. And his love, it, 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 just, it just wells up in us, and that we have to share the, the goodness of God and know there is hope. There is a way. You have to call on the name of the Lord, the only Lord Jesus, only the Lord Jesus. He's the only way to God. He's the only way to heaven. He's the only door. There is no other. Oh, the world will tell you otherwise. They'll tell you other religions, or they'll tell you uh, the, uh, the, the main one up in Rome, or the, the leaders, or whatever. The devil will tell you lies, too. And it promises all these different things and all this entertainment and pleasure and everything, all these things, things, things. Things can't save you. Things can't give you hope. Things cannot sustain you when it comes to eternity. It's only through the Lord Jesus and his shed blood and what he has done for each one of us and that you receive the free gift of God and that it's not by works 
that any man should boast, but it's by the grace of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. Praise his name. Hallelujah. Only Jesus. That's right, Sister Marietta. Only Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Yes, Lord, that will be it. Amen. I agree. Hallelujah. Praise your name. Let's move on. Whereunto I also labor and strive according to his working which worketh in me mightily. Hallelujah. And it's Colossians chapter 1, brothers and sisters. And as the Lord is speaking, and through Sis Marietta, we have our next song about all of what the Lord has done and that it's only through him, if I can find it, Hallelujah. Here it is. Amen. Jesus, only Jesus. Oh, 
Hallelujah. Jesus, only Jesus. Amen. Well, praise God. Let's move on to the second chapter of Colossians. Amen. Let's see what else God has for us, to, uh, for us tonight. Amen. The Word of God is so powerful that we need to study it, speak it, look at it, live it. <laughs> we need to eat it as meat, drink it as milk. Hallelujah. It is so even more important than food and water compared to the Word of God that sustains our lives. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's move to verse uh, to chapter 2, verse 1. For I would ye know what great fighting I have for your sakes and for them of Laodicea and for as many as not seen my person in the flesh, that their hearts may be comforted and knit together in love and in all the riches of the full assurance of understanding to know the mystery of God, even the Father and of Christ in whom all I mean in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge in whom all are hid the treasures of wisdom and knowledge well i can tell you for one thing brothers and sisters now i know why the world is in such a mess if people are not depending on father god and the lord jesus christ being led by his spirit, well, we see why we have such silly decisions and silly things people are saying about about what's going on in the world and the reasoning and all that that they call good evil and evil good because there's no wisdom and knowledge without God. There is no wisdom and knowledge without God. Man's wisdom is foolishness to God. Because it's always focused on self. It's always focused on uh, lifting self up. It is not focused on caring about others. It is not talking about loving God and loving one another. No, it's all focused on about self and what self wants. That's the difference. And you can see it clearly. If you go out every day and where you work and everything, you can see what's happening. Because... There's, there, I, I, I say myself for sure that common sense comes from God. He's the creator. Who would give you common sense? And I tell you, I don't see much common sense these days for sure, brothers and sisters, God have mercy. Verse 4. And this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. Now, uh, beguile is not too good of a thing. I, I remember there was a movie called Beguile, and that, that wasn't too good what happened to that man. That wasn't really a good movie, but I mean, at the time before I was a, a Christian, I saw that. I mean, saw that movie, Beguile, and that word is uh, it, it means pretty well almost um, uh, torturing or, or, or um, deceiving somebody into the place of almost uh, well, murder, really. So let's see what this word enticing means. Hallelujah! In verse four, enticing uh, with. Hey, let's see. Look at it again, brothers and sisters. See, let's see, enticing and she. With a frame kind of talk made to persuade. So with fancy words or, uh, uh, yeah, fancy words 
or being persuasive or charismatic-like, that they try to entice you and mislead you with big, fancy words and, and, and things like that, brothers and sisters. And, you know, words that are pleasant and tickling to you. Okay, you're all right with God. He's a God of love. I mean, it's okay. You can do, do what you want. He'll forgive you. No, you have to repent. You have to humble yourself and understand who you are before Almighty God and know that he is righteous and holy. And he is the God, the creator, and we're the created one. He has all power and glory. He's all in all control. And it, it, it is not a good thing to mislead people away from the Lord. It is not a good thing to mislead his children. God of mercy, ones who do that. So be alert to enticing words. Amen. For though I be absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in the spirit, rejoicing in beholding your order and your steadfastness, faith in Christ. And we can say that too, brothers and sisters, that we as come together through this uh, technology uh, that God uses, that we come together online, through a church, by phone, whichever way we come as brothers and sisters from all over the world, and we come as a body of Christ, as one in Christ, as, you know, absent of the body, but we are together in the spirit of the Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. Verse, in that word, your steadfast faith in Christ. Hallelujah. That, that is a good thing that we need to hold fast, steadfast. Hallelujah. Praise his name. Steadfast in faith. That's the key. That's the only way you can steadfast. That's the only way you can stand is by faith, believing and trusting and not doubting or unbelief. Amen? Oh, I mean, some of the things I've seen in the Word of God about what happens to the people who I mean, do not believe and doubt. That's a dangerous place to be. Verse 6. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. There you go. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Oh, that, 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 is, that sounds pretty powerful. Uh, uh, oh, this is a... Good footnote to that, and it says, So then Christ hangeth not upon men's tradition. Amen. Oh, no, no, it's by faith. It's by grace. It's by mercy, not men's traditions, not men's works, not religion, not denominations. Oh, no, no. It's by Christ and Christ alone. Amen. Hallelujah. It's our faith in Christ Jesus, the way, the truth, and life. Amen. Hallelujah. So walk in him. So what do you think that would mean, brothers and sisters, to walk in him? Would that be like Christ-like? Would it be walk like Christ? Amen? Trusting him? Amen? Yes? Praise God. Yes. And we look at Jesus as our example. Amen? And we look at Christ as our example. And we walk in the ways of the Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. That we be about the Father's business. That we be obedient. That we love the Lord God with all our heart, mind, and soul. Amen? Hallelujah that we praise his name, that we pray as he's told us to pray, to keep watching, keep, keep doing what Christ has told us. Walk in him, because I can tell you that's the only way you can walk in Christ is in him. 
You can't do it outside of him. You try, you'll fall flat on your face. Or you'll be working so hard, it'll wear you out if you try to minister without the anointing of the Spirit of God. I can tell you that now. You will be wore out. It's only by the Lord and his Spirit are we able to do anything. It's by Christ in Christ alone. Again, as I say, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Yes, Lord, that we walk, walk in you. Hallelujah. Powerful word. Hallelujah. Verse 7, rooted. Amen. Remember, he's the vine. We're the branches. And built in him. Wow. And established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Amen. Well, praise the Lord, brothers and sisters, that we have thanksgiving daily. I know this uh, country and world, or they try to uh, set up this holiday for Thanksgiving. No, we, we don't thank God one day. We thank him every day in Thanksgiving. Amen. Abounding therein in Thanksgiving. And should we be very grateful for what God has done for us? He has delivered us from hell. He has delivered us from this sinful body. Sin does not reign in our mortal bodies anymore because there's new, new residence. There is a new captain. There is a new king who rules in our life. That's Jesus. Hallelujah. It's righteousness and truth that reigns in us now because of him. Amen. Be very thankful for what the Lord has done for you. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, now we'll see. And warnings are coming now in the book of Colossians. Warnings. Brothers and sisters, like the red sign, I mean, the red light spinning around and siren. Woo! All like that. Warnings. Now, listen to what Paul says. And see if this sounds familiar of what's going on in this world. Now, be let, beware, lest there be any man that spoil your philosophy in vain deceit through the traditions of men according to the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. There you go. We see that in religions. We see that in false religions. We see that how it's played out, like in France, Friday night. You have a so-called religion that their doctrine is kill, steal, and destroy innocent people. They don't. They don't go and, and, and fight uh, fight armies. They find they find innocent civilians and attack them with weapons when the people don't have no weapons themselves. And they they they, they kill and destroy in the name of their so-called God. And, and, and brothers and sisters, it's not God. It's the devil. It's Satan. That's what they worship. They don't even realize it. They're so deceived. They think they're worshiping a God and doing it in God's name. Yeah, they're doing a little G God's name, not the mighty God we serve. Our God brings life. He brings life abundantly. He brings hope. He brings love, not hate. So, yes, we are clearly seeing it played out. And then only it's only through Christ Jesus is true life in relationship with God. You know, one thing I've known as I've walked and I've heard, religion 
kills, relationship heals. A relationship with the true living God will bring reconciliation and life into your life. Religion, it will lead you. It will leave you down and out, depressed, because it won't fulfill what God can do. It won't fill that void in your life. It won't bring peace, peace that passes understanding, to know that you're cared for and watched over and protected. Know that you have eternal life, for this is a temporary life, but there's a life to come that's eternal. And there's only two places to go in that eternal life. And that's into the glory of the Lord in his heaven or into the bowels, earth, into hell and damnation in the fires of hell that just keep burning and burning and burning. It's the only two choices. There is no other. People out there might think so. It don't matter what you think. The truth is this, that Jesus is the only way to heaven, and through him you have eternal life. You reject him, then there is eternal death. God have mercy. Amen. Hallelujah. So be aware of who you listen to. Be not deceived, like the Lord said. The first thing he said about the end day, be not deceived. Paul says, be not deceived. Peter says, be not deceived. John says, be not deceived. And the Holy Spirit tells us, be not deceived. Don't let no one deceive you, no man or woman. Don't follow a man and woman. Follow the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only one that won't deceive you. He will never fail you, leave you, or forsake you. Only one. There is no other that would do that for you and for what he did at the cross. No man no woman on earth that would do that but Christ. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise his name. Oh, the spirit and the power of the living God. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And ye are complete in him. There you are, brothers and sisters. There's the answer. As a person in your life, the only way you're complete is in Christ, which is the head of all principality and power. Jesus have authority over all principalities and power. Hallelujah. Verse 11, in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcised made without hands, by putting off the sinful body of the flesh through the circumcision of Christ. Amen. Uh, circumcision is not like cutting. We won't go into details, but it's like cutting away the body of the flesh, the sin in your life. It, it, it's like the picture of Jesus talking about he's the true vine and the husbandman or the person who takes care of of the garden is God the Father. Now, I can tell you, brothers and sisters, when I lived in a house and uh, had trees and bushes, they they get out of hand if you didn't cut back the uh, branches or uh, cut away when they got too thick or, or cut away the dead stuff and all. 
to make them thrive, there has to be pruning. There has to be cutting. And it talks about the word of God is sharper than two-edged sword that, 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 that goes into the moral and the bones and, and flesh of us. Amen? Into our hearts. It pierces and changes us. Our minds have the mind of Christ. Oh, praise God. What a powerful picture the Lord has shown as you prune away uh, uh, the tree and let, and let the, the branches that are flourishing, that are producing good fruit, but the ones that are not are cut away and thrown in the fire, the word of God says. Verse 12. And that ye are buried, that ye are buried with him through baptism, and whom ye are also raised up together through the faith of the operation of God, which raised him from the dead. Hallelujah. Praise his name, his word so powerful. So powerful. Verse 13. And you which were dead in sins. Oh, they talk about, you know, one of the biggest shows, the popular shows is Walking Dead. Well, there you go. The word of God says so. Without Christ, you're the walking dead. God hammers. You're the walking dead. Only Christ brings true life, eternal life. Hallelujah. Oh, you might think you're alive, but you're dead without Christ. You're dead without Christ. In which you were dead in sins and in uncircumcision of your flesh, he hath quickened together with him, forgiving all your trespasses. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, praise his name. Look what he did here in verse 4 and 15. Glory to his wonderful name. Putting out the handwriting of ordinances that was, excuse me, against us, which was contrary to us. He even took it out of the way and fastened it on the cross. Hallelujah. The Lord Jesus took that, that document that says we were dirty old sinners and separated from God, and then he placed it on the cross and say, paid in full, written in his blood. Hallelujah. He paid the great price, brothers and sisters. The Lord Jesus paid the great price for our salvation and to be set free and delivered from the bondage of, of hell, the bondage of our sin. Amen. Bondage of the devil. Hallelujah. He set us free. Hallelujah. Fastened it to the cross, to the nails in his hands and feet. Praise his name. As he poured out his life and blood for each of us. Oh, glory and worship and honor him. Hallelujah. Verse 15, the victory of our Lord has spoiled the principalities and powers and had made a show of them openly and triumphed over them in the same cross. Hallelujah. Oh, our Lord is victorious. The enemy is a defeated foe. The Lord said, I give you all authority over the, all, the, all the power of the enemy. All the power of the enemy through his name. Hallelujah. Through the power of the living God. Hallelujah. Jesus is victorious over the enemy. The enemy of your souls, hallelujah. Praise his name, hallelujah. 
Oh, praise God. Powerful, Lord. Powerful, Lord. Hallelujah. Verse 16. Let no man therefore condemn you in meat, drink, or in respect of holy day, or the new moon, or the Sabbath days, which are but a shadow of things to come, but the body is in Christ. Don't get hung up on those things, brothers and sisters. Don't let them become distractions. And don't let a little red cup bother you. I mean, what do you expect from a, a business that has a, 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 a Dagon God over their uh, coffee uh, franchise? And they say they don't want no uh, people that, are, uh, that don't believe in letting people just, uh, live all any way they want to, and it's okay. And if you if you don't agree with this, we don't want your business. Well, Amen. We don't want we don't want to give you no business there for sure, because it is very uh, 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 paganist uh, business. You know what I'm talking about. Don't let these things uh, uh, distract you from what we should be focusing on. Amen. Hallelujah. That we don't don't be distracted by these things, but that, that we are the body is in Christ. Focus on the head of the body, and that's Jesus. Amen. Verse 18, let no man at his pleasure bear rule over you by humbleness of mind and worshiping of angels, advancing himself in those things which he never saw, rationally puffed up with his fleshly mind. Be very careful, brothers and sisters. This is talking about dreams and visions. Be very careful what you listen to. Be sure it is confirmed by the word of God. Be sure it's confirmed by the Lord Jesus that you have peace in your spirit about what you hear. Be sure, just like Paul is warning, watch out for the people with uh, some puffed up uh, uh, visions and dreams sometimes. They're not all from God. They're not all from God. Amen? Be alert. Be wise. The Lord will show you which is true and which is not. Amen? Hallelujah. Verse 19, And holdeth not the head, whereof all the body furnished and knit together by joints and band, increases with the increasing of God. That's what keeps us together, brothers and sisters. That's who keeps us together, is the spirit of the living God. Amen? Wherefore, if ye be dead with Christ, from the ordinances of the world, why, as thou ye lived in the world, ye are burdened with traditions. Well, look now, we're not supposed to be burdened with traditions of men. Amen? Not burdens of religions. Amen? Verse 21, as touch not, taste not, handle not. Mm-mm-mm. Don't be caught up in them. Mm-mm-mm. Which all perish with the using and are after the commandments and the doctrines of men. Wow. You hear that? That, that That's a lot we see uh, of this uh, hyper grace, uh, uh, prosperity gospel, uh, 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 millennialism. Uh, I mean, there's so many out there. Uh, it's, I mean, Chrislam, you know, being mixed up with the, with all the religions together, well, that'd be a world religion, and that's a false religion for sure. And that is coming together in in the time of the tribulation with the world government. Oh God, have mercy! 
Oh, praise his name that we do not be caught up in him. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, let's see what this is. Hallelujah. Praise his name. Because God is not the author of these traditions, and therefore they do not bind the conscience. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. God's not the author of traditions of men. Oh, no. Most of these are doctrines of men and doctrines of demons. Amen. Hallelujah. And it says, while all perish with using using these these doctrines, these religions and things, they, they think they're okay with God. No. It's a personal relationship with Christ. It's the only way. It's by the Spirit of the living God. Amen. Verse 23, which things have indeed a show of wisdom in voluntary religion and humbleness in mind, and in not sparing the body, which are things of no value, since they pertain to the filling of the flesh. Ooh, I tell you, that's a heavy word from the Apostle Paul. Hallelujah. Like you say, the word of God lifts you up and encourages you. The word of God admonishes us too, amen, and teaches how to be alert and wise. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, the battle goes on. Hallelujah. That's right, Sister Mary, you're right. Some churches have been guided by it. Yeah, be guided by a, a demon, amen. That is so true. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, praise your name, Lord. That you lead us, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise his name. In Christ alone.
not a big fancy building or something. It's people, Lord. It is the living body of Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, Lord. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, Lord. It is in Christ alone. Hallelujah. It is in Christ alone. Praise his name. Hallelujah. Let's go to the next chapter, brothers and sisters. This mighty word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Chapter 3, hallelujah. Praise the name of God. Chapter 3 of Colossians. Hallelujah. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, which Christ set at the right hand of God. Set your, excuse me, set your affections on things which are above and not on the things on the earth. Oh, people need to hear that. Oh, we're so focused on especially these new idols that sit in people's hands. God have mercy. I've never seen so many people spend so much time and effort on these uh, uh, machines that are like idols that have a technology that they're able to make sound and to hear and to do things. It's not like the old wooden idols or the old stone idols. No, these are our interacting idols, God have mercy. For ye, for ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Amen. Hallelujah. I mean, we, we are crucified with Christ. Yet we live, but not ourselves, but Christ in us. Amen? That means your, your old self is dead. The sinful life, the, the affections of the things of this world, they, they are dead. They should be dead to us, brothers and sisters. They shouldn't be an appeal, appeal to us. That we don't get caught up in this world or the things of this world to be misled from the truth and take our eyes off Christ, especially in the days we're living now. As the as soon return, it's closer and closer. As, as you, you, know, you look out each day and look to the eastern sky, look in the heavens and looking for the Lord's return. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise his wonderful name. Verse 4. When Christ, which is our life, there it is. He's our life, just like I said. The people that believe in the, that see these walking dead, they need to look at themselves. They're the walking dead because without Christ, there is no life. He's the one who gives life. He is the life giver. Just like Peter said, when all the people were living, leaving Christ with his strong words about the spirit, as they thought it was about, well, he was talking about the flesh. But he was showing great teachings about the spirit and the revelations of who God really was. And he said, will you leave me too? And Peter said, where can we go? Where can we go, Lord? Where can we go? You're the only one that's the words of life. Hallelujah. You're the only one that brings hope in the darkness. Hallelujah. You're the only one that gives us hope when he seems like everything, there, there's no way out. You're the only one, Lord. When Christ, which is our life, shall appear, 
Then shall you also appear with him in glory. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Verse 5, listen to how important this is about the things of the world in this flesh. Mortify, therefore, your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanliness, inordinate affection, evil conspiracies, conspiracies, covetousness, which is idolatry. For which thing says, for which thing sake, the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. God have mercy, brothers and sisters. Let's look at this a little closer. Mortify, therefore, yourselves. You see that again. Hallelujah. Each. Let not your dead nature be any more effectual in you. Don't let it take don't let it be affecting you. Don't let it affect you. But let your living nature be effectual. The living nature of God. Now the, the force of nature is known by the motions. Therefore, let the affections of the flesh die in you. And let the contrary motions which are spiritual live. And he and he reckoneth up a great long scroll of vices and their contrary virtues. That's what he talks about mortify the the uh mortify therefore your members or your your flesh, amen. Hallelujah. Whoo, glory to God. The Lord is speaking. He's speaking to all of us. And then the members, and what are the members? That was the uh, mortify, therefore, your, and the footnote for members is the emotions and lusts that are in us are in this place very properly called members because that the reason in the will of man corrupteth to use them as the body does his members. That's what it's talking about. That's what people do. That is, and it's clearly saying what it is. It's talking about uh, uh, the living sin. Amen. And then the coming cometh the children of disobedience. The wrath of God cometh of the children of disobedience. Oh, praise your name. Use it to come. Hallelujah. Use it. You use it, and the wrath of God will come. That's pretty well what that footnote is saying. Amen. Let's move on. Praise his name. Be humble before our Lord. Understanding. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, verse 7. Wherein you also walked once. Yeah, we all walked there once, brothers and sisters. When we lived in them. Yes, we did. We all can say that none, none has not sinned. None, but none, none of us. Only Christ has not sinned. Verse eight. But now put ye away even all things, wrath, anger, maliciousness, cursed speaking, filthy speaking, out of your mouth. Let not one lie not to one another 
seeing that you have put off the old man with his works, hallelujah, in verse 10, and put on the new, which is renewed in the in knowledge of the image of him that created him, hallelujah. The knowledge of God, brothers and sisters, the word of God. That's how you're renewed, hallelujah. Praise God. You're renewed through Christ, hallelujah. Verse 11, where neither Grecian nor Jew, circumcision or non-uncircumcision, barbarian, Scandian, bond, free, but Christ is all and in all things. Hallelujah. Now, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on the bowels of mercy, Kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering. Oh, that Paul has given us instructions guided by the Holy Spirit. Verse 13, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel to another, even as Christ forgave, even so do ye. Brothers and sisters, that's pretty well saying there's nothing that we can't forgive one another. But Christ forgave all. He forgave everything that we've ever done, all the sin. So we should be able to forgive anybody we get in an argument or a quarrel or whatever with or misunderstanding or don't see eye to eye, that we are able to forgive one another because Christ, is our example, and that we are to forgive, because he says, if man, if you, I mean, if uh, you forgive men of their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Amen. In verse fourteen, the key to it: above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfectness. Hallelujah. The bond of perfectness. Perfectness. Hallelujah. Let's see what this one says. Oh, praise God. Which bindeth and knitteth together all the duties that pass from man to man. Hallelujah. That how we're supposed to treat one another. Amen. How we're supposed to be kind, tenderhearted, and have mercy and love. Amen. Even love for the enemies. Uh, hallelujah. Love your enemy, the Lord said. Hallelujah. Verse 15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which ye are called in one body, and be thankful. There's that thankful again, thanksgiving. Be thankful. Be thankful that the, that the peace of God rules in your hearts. Amen. Hallelujah. That you have peace with God. Hallelujah. And then here's the important one. Oh, praise the name of the Lord for this scripture. Let the word of Christ dwell in you. Not, I mean, just a little. No, no, no. That's not what the word of God says. Plentilessly. Plentilessly. Let the word of God dwell in you plentilessly. A lot, brothers and sisters. A whole bunch is what we would say down here. In all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing your own self. In Psalms and hymns and 
spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Amen? Oh, that's a powerful verse there. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lord. What the Lord is teaching us tonight. Amen? Praise his wonderful name. Hallelujah. Amen? Praise his name, brothers and sisters. What a powerful word from the Lord. Let's move on as he's teaching us more about everyday life. Everyday life. Verse 17. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, even the Father by him. Now, I can tell you, brothers and sisters, that's tough some days. I mean, when the things we deal with out in the world and the things we face and the ridicule or uh, being treated bad or things with Christ, he faced it all. And uh, he overcame, and he said, you'll be overcomers through me. Uh, we're still supposed to be a light. We're still supposed to forgive. We're supposed to try to encourage. We're supposed to stand in truth and not bow down, not bow down to this world or their idols, but we are to worship and honor the Lord, and then whatever we say and do, that we will honor him, amen, that we will honor the Lord Jesus. Verse 18, wives, submit yourself unto your husband as it is commonly in the Lord. That's to the wives, and this is to the husbands. Husbands, love your wives, and be not bitter unto them. Amen to that. Now, this one needs to be said. I pray my children and Sis Brenda's children and your children would hear this. Children, obey your parents in all things, for that is well-pleasing unto the Lord. And then us, fathers, provoke not your children to anger, Least they be discouraged. And then it goes into the point, uh, and, and they had in the time of, of slaves and workers, but servants, and as we're working, servants be obedient unto them that are your masters according to the flesh in all things, not with eye service as man pleasers, but in singleness of heart fearing God. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily, as to the Lord and not to men. Thank you, Lord. I've been needing this word for uh, what we're, uh, how it's been and, and where I'm working. Thank you, Lord, for showing me the truth and how I need to stand for you more. God, forgive me where I have failed you at my work. Lord, cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I confess it before my brethren, Lord. And I know that I can do better, and your word will change me and make me better and stand for Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Verse 24. Knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. Hallelujah. Praise his name. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong he hath done, and there is no respect of persons if you do not repent and ask forgiveness of your sin, if you do not serve the Lord God. 
if you do not give your life to Christ and let this old dead man flesh die and let the new living man rise, be born again, be filled with the Spirit of God and come alive and serve the Lord God daily, not one time a week, but daily. It's a lifestyle. So many people have been deceived by the saying, they say a little prayer or they, they speak one word. No, it, it is a life. It is not a one-time thing. It's, it's every day that we, we, we honor and praise the Lord and thank him for what he has done for us in faith. That is a lifestyle. And that you choose to serve the Lord like Joshua said. Who do you want to serve today? For me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Because if you're not serving the Lord, you'll be serving something else. Either it'll be yourself or mammon or whatever, man, or money, fame, fortune, pleasure, entertainment. It will be something if it's not the Lord. That we are to serve the Lord daily. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise his name. Oh, worship the Lord, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Praise his name. Hallelujah. It's good wisdom tonight. Amen. Revelation from God about how we are to live and walk and breathe. Amen. Praise his name. Hallelujah. Oh, praise his name. Let's have another worship song. Worshiping and honoring him. Hallelujah. Praise his name. As we get ready to go into chapter 4, praise his name. Pour out our praise, pour out our praise, it's your 
the mystery of Christ, wherefore I am also in bonds, that I may utter it as it becometh me to speak. Walk wisely toward them that are without and redeem the season. Verse 6, let your speech be gracious always, powdered with salt. Remember Jesus talking about with the salt of the earth. Amen? Let's see what this, let's break down this a little bit. Let's see what the footnotes say. Gracious always and powdered with salt. Let's see what this says. Hallelujah. Praying to the prophet of your neighbor. Hmm, interesting. It is uh, uh, powdered salt is against this is set filthy communication. Amen. It says, look at Ephesians 4.29. Let's look at that real quick, brothers and sisters. See what that means. Hallelujah. Ephesians. Praise the name of the Lord. 4.29. Hallelujah. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, salt is like a preservative, and, and uh, it preserves hope, preserves peace. Amen. Hallelujah. That ye may know how to answer every man. Amen. Let your speech be gracious always, powdered with salt, that ye may know how to answer every man. Tysias, our beloved brother and faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord, shall declare unto you my whole state. And this goes on as um, uh, Paul is talking to the uh, the brethren. Uh, the rest of the brethren here. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise his name. Praise his name. Hallelujah, Lord. Well, glory to God, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Glory to his wonderful name for his word. Hallelujah. How will they know who we are, brothers and sisters? How will they know who we are? By our love. By our love, brothers and sisters, by our love, they will know we're Christians. We are one in the Spirit. We are one in the Lord. We are one in the Spirit. We are one in the Lord. And we pray that our unity may one day be restored. And they'll know we are Christians by our love. By our love, yes, they'll know.
our love and brothers and sisters how we are to to live and how we are to act and what we are supposed to do if we are the body. Amen.
praise the name, O oh Lord. And by the word of God tonight, I want y'all to know is this, this, this last song here. Hallelujah. Praise the name. I'm going to put up a, a David Wilkerson uh, uh, powerful message. But right now, this last song, and know that you're flawless. As uh, uh, the message, what God's given me is uh, with the uh, book of Colossians. And we have finished it now. And that uh, we will finish this with flawless. Uh, praise God. That knowing who you are, that you're flawless in Christ. Through what he has done for you, that you're flawless. Amen. Hallelujah. There's got to be more than going back and forth.
righteousness. It's by his salvation. Hallelujah. Praise his wonderful name. Well, bless each one of you, brothers and sisters. Uh, I'm going to uh, put up here an uh, anointed message from David Wilkerson to finish up the Lord's Hour tonight. Brother Elby should be back tomorrow night. Amen. And I hope you have been blessed. I hope you have been rock in your life from the Lord, Yahshua HaMashiach. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, I'd say blessings and shalom to each one of you. Hallelujah. Be blessed in the Lord. Shalom. Shalom. Good night. Let us not glide through this world and then slip quietly into heaven without having blown the trumpet loud and long for our Redeemer, Jesus Christ. Let us see to it that the devil will hold a thanksgiving service in hell when he gets the news of our departure from the battlefield. Brethren, the devil will put us to sleep. A call to anguish. Would you open your Bibles to the first chapter of Nehemiah, please? Nehemiah, the first chapter. And would you please just leave that open on your lap? We'll get to it in the course of my message tonight. <clears throat> I, I would have a hard time preaching this if I... I believe my own flesh telling me that I... I preach too much of a heavy message. <clears throat> there have been times I've been to the Lord in the past months saying, Lord, can't you give me a happy... But I can't. Now, God may be speaking to me. This may not be for you. But it's a call to anguish. Lord, if you don't help me, I can't get through this. I can't. Lord, I'm too old for games. Foolishness. And I'm tired of rhetoric. Meaningless rhetoric. That never changes things. Lord, just help me. Help me. Folks, I'm tired of hearing about revival. I'm tired of hearing about awakenings. The last day outpourings of the Holy Spirit. I've heard that rhetoric for 50 years. Just rhetoric. No meaning whatsoever. I'm tired of hearing about people in the church who say they want their unsaved loved ones saved. I'm tired of hearing people say I'm concerned about my troubled marriage when it's just talk. Rhetoric. I don't want to hear any more talk about how immoral America has become how godless our society, how corrupt our business. I'm tired of hearing about Islam taking control and Christians losing power. 
how dead the church has become because of that too is rhetoric, meaningless. Away with all of our how-to conferences because they accomplish nothing. It's how to cope, how to build a bigger church, how to reach the lost, how to improve your people's skills, and how to impact the world in this computer time. And I look at the whole religious scene today, and all I see are the inventions and ministries of man and flesh. It's mostly powerless. It has no impact on the world. And I see more of the world coming into the church and impacting the church rather than the church impacting the world. I see the music taking over the house of God. I see entertainment taking over the house of God. An obsession with entertainment in God's house, a hatred of correction and a hatred of reproof. Nobody wants to hear it anymore. Tell me now, how many churches have you visited recently? How how many churches do you know where when you walk in, the Holy Ghost is so strong that every one of your sins are brought up before your face in the loving grace of God? When is the last time you've been to church where you've seen young people under such conviction because the people of God have been on their face? And there's such a concern and there's such an agony... That young people are falling on their faces and calling on God because a spirit of conviction is called down from heaven upon them. How many churches have you been lately where you hear a word comes forth that so burns in your soul, you know it comes from heaven, you know it comes from the heart of God? I hope you hear it here. Whatever happened to anguish in the house of God? Whatever happened to anguish in the ministry? It's a word you don't hear in this pampered age. You don't hear it. Anguish means extreme pain and distress. The emotion so stirred that it becomes painful. Acute, deeply felt inner pain because of conditions about you, in you or around you. Anguish, deep pain, deep sorrow, agony of God's heart. We've held on to our religious rhetoric and our revival talk. But we've become so passive, our so-called awakenings, our stirrings last but a short time. And when the, last, when the re- short-lived revivings and awakenings come from the hand of God, they are so short-lived. And in those times we promise God we'll never return to our passivity. But it's not long, it's just weeks or months and we're back and this time we slip further back into passivity than when we started. I speak from experience. And we say, this time, oh God, you've touched me for life. I'll never be the same. And it's like fireworks. A loud bang and a lot of noise and then it dies. 
All true passion is born out of anguish. All true passion for Christ comes out of a baptism of anguish. You search the Scripture and you'll find that when God determined to recover a ruined situation, He would seek out a praying man and He'd take him down into the waters of anguish. He would share his own anguish for what God saw happening to His church and to His people. And He would find a praying man and He would take that man and literally baptize him in anguish. You find it in the book of Nehemiah. Jerusalem is in ruins. This is the center of God's interest on earth at the time. This holy city, and it's wasted, and it's full of iniquity. Mixed marriages with the heathen. They were enslaving their own people, making slaves out of the poor. The house of God was polluted with filth. The high priest was in league with Tobiah, a heathen reprobate. And how is God going to deal with this? How is God going to restore the ruin? How does he do it? What does he do? You see, we face a similar situation, except ours is many times worse. The time when men... According to the prophecy of Jesus, it waxed worse and worse, and that is happening. A church that's defiled with pedophilia, child molestation, incest, adultery. A nation in a moral landslide that's inundated with pornographic filth that the whole world blushes at. And now out of Cannes Film Festival, according to the New York Times, there's a new movie about to hit the shores of the United States with 13, 14-year-old kids having unspeakable kinds of sex with adults. And they said at the Cannes Film Festival, and it's the boast of Cannes Festival, that we have not only pushed the envelope, we've gone over the edge. And America's now ripe for it. The, royal, the ruin and moral chaos is corrupting the house of God also. How else do you explain that multiplied numbers of Christians go home and watch HBO, a program I've never seen. I don't have television, but I read about it in the newspaper today in the New York Times called The Sopranos. This is a mafia bunch. That kill and murder and maim. Gratuitous sex. Cheating, lying, mafia. And we have millions of Christians now in the United States getting together and talking about the next show and they're addicted to it. Addicted. Some of you hearing me now? That's your favorite show. No laughing. This is life and death. Did you come here tonight and did you raise your hands and sing and shout and have a good time? And you know you've been watching this filth? 
Now, I believe in the love of God. I've preached mercy, grace, and love, covenant love. And I believe in preaching the goodness and long-suffering of Christ. But multitudes today are being saturated with your okay messages. We've got people now that are turning the grace of God into lasciviousness. We've become like the children of Israel who said the right words. But here's what God said. I've heard the words of this people. They have well said all that they've spoken. All that there was such a heart in them that they would fear me and keep my commandments always that it might be well with them and with their children forever. He said, oh, you have the right words. You sing the right songs. But your heart is not right. Nehemiah verses 1 through 3. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah, that came to pass the month of Chislu. In the 20th year, I was in Shushan the palace. At Hanani, one of my brethren came. He and certain men of Judah. And I asked them concerning the Jews that escaped, which were left of the captivity and concerning Jerusalem. They said unto me, The remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down. The gates thereof are burned with fire. They came to pass. When I heard these words, God sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Here was the word. Here, 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 here was a delegation from the ruined city of Jerusalem coming to Nehemiah. It said Jerusalem is broken down. The walls are down. There's ruin, nothing but ruin. Now these, I'm sure, were godly men. These were good men, but they, they had no concept of how God was going to deal with the situation, how He was going to bring about a recovery. They had no concept of what God was going to do. Had no call. They could see was ruin and brokenness and despair and hopelessness. Verse 4, when I heard the words, I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. You see, God found a praying man and He takes him down into the waters of baptism of anguish. This man goes down into anguish. And in verse 6, I pray before thee now, day and night, confessing the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against thee. Both I and my father have sinned. Now folks, look at me. Nehemiah was not a preacher. He was a career man. He was a king's cupbearer. He was in comfort. He was in royalty. He had made, so to speak. But this was a praying man. And God found a man who would not just have a flash of emotion. Not just some great sudden burst of concern and then let it die. He said, no. I broke down. And I wept. And I mourned. And I fasted. And then I began to pray night and day. When I heard, I wept. Why didn't his brother 
Nanani, why didn't these other men, who apparently were godly men because later Nanani was given the rule of the city, why didn't they have an answer? Why didn't God use them in restoration? Why didn't they have a word? Because there was no sign of anguish. No weeping. Not a word of prayer. It's all ruin. So they could see. Does it matter to you today? Does it matter to you at all that God's spiritual Jerusalem, the church, is now married to the world? That there's such a coldness sweeping the land. So many people I know that were my friends and I see them go one by one, husbands and wives into such passivity, going to churches where they can find smooth messages, no longer wanting to hear anything of wrath or of correction. Some of my closest friends, I see them falling by the wayside. And, he's, and his, the cry is, is it nothing to you? Closer than that, does it matter about the Jerusalem that's in our own hearts? The sign of ruin that's slowly draining spiritual power and passion, blind to lukewarmness, Blind to the mixture that's creeping in. You see, when spiritual blindness comes, very few recognize it. It's the last recognized thing that happens to a child of God. If I, as a pastor, knew you personally, and I was watching your life, and as one of the pastors of the church, I come to you and say, I... I I love you, but I have to tell you the truth. You're changing. You know what you were. Something of the world has got in your heart. I don't know if it's television. I don't know what it is that has your heart, but I see changes in you. I, I don't see the brokenness. I don't see the compassion you had once for your family. I don't see concern for your unsaved loved ones. You're changing. Little by little, something's happening to you. Would it bring you to your knees when the ruin that you are not even aware of is suddenly brought before your eyes? And to tell you the truth, I thank God for the anointing and the singing tonight. I thank God for the praises that came from so many sanctified hearts living in covenant with the Lord. But the truth of the matter is, in all honesty, there are numbers among us that are changing, and they don't know it. You've lost your fight. You see, when you, when you read the book of Joshua, it's almost a book of failure, because they lost their heart, they lost the fight. That's all the devil wants to do, is get the fight out of you, and kill it. So you won't labor in prayer anymore. You won't weep before God anymore. You can sit and watch television and your family go to hell. Hmm. 
let me ask you, is what I just said convicted you at all? Did you just let that go in one ear out the other? When a pastor tells you right now, hey, and I don't know who you are, but the Holy Ghost is speaking through me, you're changing. Little by little, you're losing the love of God, the love of Christ. Little by little, these things are making inroads. Folks, why do you think your pastors cry out against television? Do you think we get any pleasure out of the flesh? There's no pleasure in somebody coming and saying, I heard your message and I threw away my television. That doesn't give me any pleasure. It doesn't give any pastor pleasure. We have given account because we watch for your soul. These things, I don't know where it is on the job, things we listen to, these things that creep in, and suddenly this Jerusalem, the walls go down. Ruin sets in. Does it really matter to you that your unsaved loved ones are dying and we're getting closer and closer to the end? Does it really concern you? They could die and go to hell. Even though you're a lover of Christ. Where's the anguish? Where are the tears? Where's the mourning? Where, where's the fasting? Now many of you fast, many of you pray, broken before the Lord. I'm talking about the body of Jesus Christ in general. Where's the getting up in the middle of the night? You see, he said, night and day I began to pray. Where's the confessing of your sins and of your children? Confessing your children's sins before the Lord or your mate's sin before God because this is exactly what Nehemiah does. He confesses his sins and the sins of all the people. And then he says, we have sinned. I have sinned. And then he said, we have sinned. See, when Nehemiah heard of the ruin and destruction, he never asked why. Why can a holy, just God allow his city to go to ruin? Why were so many dispersed? Why were so many killed and murdered? He didn't ask the question that we're asking in America today. Why did God allow the towers to fall and over 2,000 people died in the, the uh, affair, in the crash? How could a loving God... And, Folks, just I, I share what Pastor Carter said today. The holy anger that arises in my heart when I hear preachers on television or, or on radio or hear that they've said on television, oh, God had nothing to do with it. God had nothing to do with it. Don't put it on God. Why don't you go to Daniel 9? And I want to once and for all tell you that this was... God allowing America to be wakened. God didn't do it. He didn't stop the plans of the enemy because he had a greater purpose. Because it was love for America that was about to slip into everlasting hell. I'm going to lower my voice so you won't think I'm angry. 
Daniel, ninth chapter, verse 5, beginning to read, We have sinned and have committed iniquity and have done wickedly. Can you say that about America? And we have rebelled even by departing from thy precepts and from thy judgments. Neither have we hearkened to the servants, the prophets, which spake in the name in thy name to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and all the people of the land. In other words, the government has been warned by righteous men. O oh Lord, righteousness belongeth unto thee, but unto us confusion of faces is at this day. Men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, all Israel that are near, that are far off, through all the countries whither thou hast driven the big cause of their trespass, that they have trespassed against thee. O oh Lord, to us belongeth confusion of face to our kings, to our princes, our fathers, because we have sinned against thee. Why? Because we have sinned against thee. To the Lord our God belongeth mercies, forgiveness, though we've rebelled against him. Neither have we obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his laws, which is set before us by his servants, the prophets. They all Israel have transgressed the law even by departing, that they might not obey thy voice. Therefore, the curse is poured upon us, and the oath that is written in the law of the Moses, law of Moses, the servant of God, because we have sinned against him, and he hath confirmed his words which he spake against us and against our judges that judged us by bringing upon us a great evil, for upon the whole, for under the whole heaven hath not been done, has been has been done upon Jerusalem. Verse 14, Therefore hath the Lord watched upon the evil and brought it upon us. For the Lord our God is righteous in all his works which he doeth. For we, what, obeyed not his voice. Now let me get back to the, my message. There's a great difference between anguish and concern. God's been dealing with me about this. Concern is something that you that begins to interest you. You take an interest in a project or a cause or a concern or a need, something that gets a hold of your attention, and usually it comes through some emotional stimulus. You know, you, you can hear, uh, like, like we heard last Sunday from South Africa and all of the Hundreds of thousands dying with AIDS and the children, and you can hear what we heard from Sister Hulda Buntain this afternoon of, of the thousands upon thousands of children dying in Calcutta and India. You can get all stirred up about it, and you can get emotional, and, and you get very concerned. But folks, there's a difference between concern and anguish. Because you see, you can tie yourself to a cause, you can get excited about it, or some project, you can talk it up, you go public with it, you can advertise it, you can support it, organize it, put a lot of effort into it. I'm going to tell you something I've learned over all my years, 50 years of preaching. If it is not born in anguish, if it has not been born by the Holy Spirit, where when you saw and heard of the ruin that drove you to your knees, took you down into a baptism of anguish where you began to pray and seek God 
Folks, this church was born in anguish. Six months of anguish. Tears. A little country town in Pennsylvania. Where a pastor of a small church cried out, Oh God, I'm dry and I'm empty and there's more to it than this. And if this is all the Holy Ghost is, I don't want it. In such a desperation. Weeks and weeks of calling on the name of the Lord. Confessing my own deadness and dryness. Then finally coming for street rallies here in the city and walk in the streets and then wind up on 42nd Street and see them selling a kind of heroin would kill you. Say, I've got the good stuff, it'll kill you. And I remember breaking down and it didn't matter the crowds going by. I sat on a fire hydrant type on the side of a building and wept. And I was in anguish. I was in anguish four blocks from here on Broadway, weeping and crying and wailing. I wasn't looking for a ministry. I wasn't looking to build a church. I was feeling God's pain for a lost city. The same agony I felt years before when he started Teen Challenge. And I've never had anything that's been any worse to God in my 50 years that wasn't born in agony. Never. Never. It's all been flesh otherwise. <laughs> flesh. And folks, I've been around the world again and listening to the cry of pastors. Dead and empty. Some treating their wives like animals. And here I haven't prayed in months. I haven't prayed in six months. And I know that sermons won't do it. I know that a new revelation won't do it. Covenant won't do it. I know now. Oh my God, do I know it. Until I'm in agony. Until I have been anguished over it. I'm preaching sermons. Oh God, I'm preaching sermons. Then I said, no, it's too late. I don't have that much time. And all our projects, all our ministries, everything we do, where are the Sunday school teachers that weep over kids they know? are not hearing and they're going to hell. Oh, everywhere I go, somebody's got a project. Somebody's got a plan or a dream. That's all it is. It's an idea. They didn't come to me from a broken heart. They didn't come to me after hours of fasting and praying and mourning. Not a broken heart. It's an idea. I'm sick of it. You see, 
A true prayer life begins at the place of anguish, a place where lifetime decisions are made. You see, if you, you set your heart to pray, God's going to come and start sharing your heart, his heart with you. He's going to open up his heart, and I'll tell you, there's pain in his heart. But he sees, and so few to hear. He's going to show you the condition of his church. He's going to show you the condition of your own heart. And he's going to ask you a question. What is it to you? What is it? And that anguished servant has to make a decision. And everyone hearing me now, you're going to have to make this decision. I have to make it. You either get up from your anguished place, you walk out of the baptism waters of anguish, you say, I can't handle this. I can barely make it as it is. I don't want it. God, I have enough. I just want to be an ordinary Christian. I don't want to carry this kind of a burden. I don't want to have to weep over my family anymore. I'm just going to take it by faith. See, you have to make a decision. You're going to come and he says, Now, if you're going to bear my burden, if you're going to be an instrument of restoration, if you are expecting somebody else to be an instrument to win your family or to do this work, you're mistaken. I've burdened your heart. I've given you my heart and I've opened up my anguish to you and I'm letting you feel it and share it so that it will bring you to your knees because it is there that I'll speak to you the word of direction and that's what happened to Nehemiah he came eventually out of the waters of anguish with a clear word that nobody could reject he brought the city and nation to its knees you find that in Nehemiah the 8th chapter You see, you, you, you either walk away and go back to your passivity and say, I'm just going to be an ordinary Christian and there's no such thing. Or your heart begins to cry out, Oh God, your name is being blasphemed. The Holy Spirit's being mocked. The enemy is out trying to destroy the testimony of the Lord's faithfulness and something has to be done. He can't go unchallenged. Let's go back to these words. When I heard Jerusalem was broken down. You see, if he believed this theory that the need represents the call, you know what he'd done? He said, gentlemen, if you'll just wait, I'll pack my bags. Just give me a day or two. This is the kind of challenge that's my meat. I love it. Let's roll. Let's do it. No anguish. No fasting. No prayer. No brokenness. Let's just do it. Nothing would have been done. The walls would have never been rebuilt. Anything you try to do without this baptism of anguish it's going to falter and fall it's not going to work here's what a sister wrote to me this past week she said brother Dave 
I'm so hungry for the Lord. I'm so tired of how-to meetings. It's all spiritual fluff. I was told of a woman's conference that was going to be a great spiritual experience, so I went with a group of sisters. There were 15,000 women. I was horrified the first night when they opened the conference with a comedy sketch. It went from bad to worse. These, we were hoodwinked by the leaders. There was not a single prayer, not one mention of prayer. It was a farce. And I'm as empty as I've ever been. Prophet Amos cried out to such, Woe to them that are ease in Zion, eating, chanting their music, but they're not grieved for the affliction of Joseph. And in the original Hebrew root word, they are not agonizing in prayer over the ruin in, uh, in, Jeru- in Joseph or Israel. They're not agonizing. They're not in anguish about the conditions. Comedy, yes. Happy singing, yes. Eating, fellowship, good time, yes. Weeping, anguish, praying, fasting, no, no, no. They'll not have it. Folks, let me tell you something. Out of this baptism of anguish comes a marvelous thing that happens to those willing to submit to it. A marvelous thing. It's the instant, prompt knowing of God's voice. Instant. Now see, if you don't have a history of prayer, if you don't have this willingness to share God's heart, you get it by asking Him for it. He said, I'll, I'll give. I'm more With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.